Hey there, and welcome to Yes, a Stripper Podcast. On this podcast, we'll discuss how classifying each other as people and workers is dangerous to society and marginalized groups of people. We'll also talk about the climate in and outside of the strip clubs and all of the amazing things that strippers do. And of course, we'll talk about all of the things in between. I'm your queen, A.M. Davies, and this is Yes, a Stripper Podcast. Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of Yes, a Stripper Podcast. I'm super stoked about today's episode because we're going to kind of go into some storytelling time and something that I think is really important for people to know about strippers is that some of us actually had a career in stripping and we actually loved having a career in stripping and cultivated it. But these people that have been dancing and stripping for so long know the actual history and the way things happened and how things changed over time and how we got to where we are today. And so I really love, like one particular book is called Strip City by Lily Barana. I love listening about her journey, reading about her journey where she traveled across the country and went to all of these different clubs. And she started seeing patterns of what's happening today beginning in the late 1990s. And I just think that people like that are so important to our industry, our community, and to our future as well. And so I just think that we need to really listen to them and listen to those stories and learn and grow from them. And we don't have to keep repeating the same stuff that we've been doing just because that's the way it is now. We can make change based on what we want and we can dream big, but we have to know like, how the fuck did we even get here in the first place? And so we're going to have our next guest is Starsha and she's going to come on and she's going to tell us her life story. And I'm just so excited. I feel like we're going to learn so much from you. Starsha, say hello to our audience. Hi, I'm Jax. Uh... Jax, <laughs> AKA Starsha, right? Starsha is my real name. I go for different names all the yeah. time. Kind of yeah. But I've been dancing since 1997. Wow. Um, yeah, so it's Amazing. a long time now. I can't believe it. Went by fast. <laughs> yeah, so when did you stop dancing? Well, I actually went back this week because I've been a bartender for a little while. So I've been in the COVID thing and decided, hey, what's going on at the clubs? And I keep my foot in all the time. Like I will dance maybe now that I do more bartending and performing with the foul play, a burlesque troupe, I um, will keep my foot in the club like throughout the year because I'm in my hometown. They just kind of let me cruise in when I feel like it. So you're still sort of officially dancing I was just there last week. Yeah. So you're 23 years into your career. Yeah. I've been stripping for 23 years and I don't ever see stopping. And I just been morphing it more into an art kind of so that I can like, even when I'm real, real old, I can still like be on the stage in a erotic way. So. Okay. So you're like, yes, you're (laughs) modifying your presentation basically to be palpable to the audience based on your development yeah, pretty, pretty much uh I always was a very artistic stripper and mm-hmm. I think that was from just traveling everywhere and seeing all kinds of different styles and learning all kinds of styles just by watching back in the day yeah and um took it to a really creative level and um always wanted to do burlesque shows and things here and there and uh, now I've been a part of a burlesque troupe for eight years so 
but I still dance because that's a different sort of, you know, art that sort yeah. of a different art. <laughs> so, so you, let's talk about where you live now. You live in Arkansas, right? Yeah. That's yeah. And is there, and do you, how many clubs are by where you live? There's only two clubs in this little town. Hot Springs National Park, Arkansas. Okay. Tight. So, like, what's going on over there? Like, what do you do there? There's only um, two strip clubs in this town. Yeah. Uh, and they're the worst on the entire planet that I've ever experienced in all of my travels. And I've worked in some of the, like, more not the fancy places. <laughs> <laughs> right. And when you say words, like, what do you mean? Like, what, what does that mean? Well, that means there's no protection. Mm. No, there's like the doorman's the security guard. Mm. Um, sometimes they have women bartenders just working alone and it's a BYOB situation. Mm. And like people get real, really, really drunk. Mm-hmm. Um, they take half of everything you make. Okay. Um, they can't even fix the poles moving like this, you know, and frankly, which I hope they don't kind of don't see this because frankly, I'm in there like, you know, taking some pictures and stuff because Mm -hmm. this has just gone on long enough and money, you know, and, and the girls, you know, that have never danced anywhere else, which is the majority because I'm from a pretty isolated, well, it's not that isolated, but girls, a lot of people have children's and family and they uh, just never gone anywhere else. So um, they don't know how bad it actually is. And so they're kind of raised in this club and I see all this like stuff happening to them, like killing their spirit. You know, I'll go back 15 years later, there's a girl still there, but she still doesn't dance well and just isn't happy. And, you know, been wearing the same costume for a year yeah. or two. Wow. And, like their spirits are crushed, you know, and, um, as a older dancer and all, and, you know, from this town and that always being the option here. Well, you know, I have worked here throughout the years knowing about the abuse and everything, but, um, I never liked it. And, uh, I understand where these girls are at because I traveled my whole life and dance. So at this point, you know, it's exhausting to do that for me like to go somewhere, rent a hotel or stay in somebody's couch or something and dance and then drive all the way back, you know? Um, like there's not really an option here. There's only like about six clubs in the whole state actually. And just about like one or two in each town. And have you been to those other clubs in the state as well? I've danced all over here, yeah. Um, it's a little better in Fayetteville, you know, where they do more, like, house fees and if that's better, you know. <laughs> but um, it seems a little more fair, and there was a lot of protection. There's more protection in Little Rock. Uh, there's a bouncer sitting there watching the girls and stuff like that, you know. Like, the girls are in these private rooms here. Um, and the owner sexually abuse the young girls that come in. And that's, you know, so I'm kind of keep my foot in the game because uh, it's, it's just getting worse, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yes, no, I it's always been bad, though. It's always been bad. Yeah, and it sounds like, 
there in particular, it's very bad in that they're being conditioned from the ground up that this is how it is. And it's like, that's not, it shouldn't be that way. It's how it is because it's how those people established it. It can be all different kinds of ways. So like, what would you say was the, the best scenario that you've seen in your travels and where you've worked? Well, that's a tough one because there's so many. <laughs> uh, you know, I really like the West Coast a lot. I really, really loved like the Tip Top Club in Humboldt. I worked there on and off for a while and it's stripper ran. It was fair. It was like, I don't even remember really the payout situation, but it wasn't much. Like it really was like super fair. Um, I don't think it was even like par. I think it was like a fee, you know, a small fee just to work there. Um, I, I liked Portland. I worked in Portland. It was pretty cool. I like how progressive it is there. Like, I like how it was more professional, how I got hired, you know, with an agent and things, how they do it. It's kind of different, but, um, I just kind of like the way the West thinks more. Um, and really I always thought that I wouldn't be here this long, but, uh, things started happening. And I do believe that there needs to be people here to help people, you know? Yeah. So what is like, I don't know that much about Arkansas, but like, I feel like that's kind of a conservative state and a little like not as progressive, definitely not as progressive. Is it a pretty religious state? Would you say, is there, is it like a high moral type state? Very much. In fact, the strip clubs here have to be like far away from all schools and all um, churches, which is like almost impossible to do. And the only people that own clubs have been grandfathered in, which means that there was a, they had the club before the law. And once they leave, it doesn't, I don't know how that really works, but um, it's just the same really horrible. Yeah, I don't know how that works either if, because I know there are clubs here in Hollywood that are grandfathered in with certain laws. And it's like, well, if they close that, does that mean that if they sell it to someone else, like, is it grandfathered in by the owner? If anybody knows no. this answer to this question, let us know. Like, is it just the brand or the owner or the building that's grandfathered yeah. in? Or the licenses that are attached to the building? Like, what is it there? Yeah, that's a good it's question. It's almost impossible to find out. I, I look at this stuff very rapidly. I've called. I've been making calls to the yeah. city of Hot Springs. Um, I want to know what the laws are and what, what you know, like, I know that they're private clubs here and they can't sell alcohol. Um, and uh, there's just all kinds of weird laws here and even liquor laws and things. Um, sure. And due to the religious stuff, you know. <laughs> sure. And like, would you say, like, what was, what's the education, like the sex education system like in school there? Like, is there any conversation or education around sex at all? Like in general? I know nothing about that, honestly, because I dropped out in the ninth grade here. You because dropped out I did, grade? Yes, I dropped out in the ninth grade. And that's one reason I started stripping, you know, because... I knew nothing. I didn't know how to do anything and was put in DHS custody after that. And then when I got out, I was just kind of like, Hey, there's something I can do. (laughs) So you started stripping pretty much when you turned 18 then. Yeah. But all the women in my family have been strippers too. It goes back pretty far. (laughs) Yeah. I'm third generation stripper. (laughs) 
Whoa, man, you just blew my mind. Yeah, and I, it's in my legacy, and so I'll, I feel like it's part of my legacy in the world, and I can't go down watching, you know, all these girls get so abused to the point I go back 15 years later, and they're just crushed, like they never had the experiences, and they, they couldn't travel like I could, but it shouldn't be like that, you know what I mean? Such a beautiful art, like, shouldn't be housed like that, like... Right. Yeah. We, the strippers should be treated as, as very precious rock stars. <laughs> like exactly. Taking care of, flown <laughs> around, paid. Um, do you, so in the nineties, cause I, I mentioned in the intro, this book strip city by Lily Barana. It's an excellent yeah. book. I suggest that many, many, if you're a stripper that you read that book and she mentioned in like 1999, she journaled that that the lap dances were getting handsy and that it was getting more and more okay for the lap dances to get handsy. And she was saying, I don't know how the future generation is going to deal with this and if it's going to get, quote unquote, worse. Her words, not mine, right? Um, and... Yeah. So what, what have you seen? Have you seen this progression of like, it was just lap dancing and then it kind of progressed into more activity. Now it, it being okay with the club that it's always been handy from, for me. Yeah. Uh, you know, I started in nicer clubs. I started in Houston. Um, and I remember the first dances people were handy. Um, and that was in 1997, but, uh, also, um, I think that there's no protection anymore. Like right. they don't, they, they don't protect you from that. If that's not your comfort level or something, exactly. you know, like they should know it, all the girls and what they kind of are okay with, you know, and well, just frankly, what's legal too, just, you know, in a way, I don't know if that's right either, but <laughs> well, <laughs> but, yeah. And I appreciate you trying to find the words and trying to be diplomatic at the same time. It is a very touchy subject and one that to be delicate around because on one hand, I'm not, I don't have a problem with um, people wanting to get handsy or doing more in a lap dance situation. What I have a problem with is if I express my boundaries to anyone, I'm unheard. And also, um, there's such thing as economic inflation, which means my rent goes up and my bills go up every year, but my lap dance price doesn't go up. And that's all controlled by the owners. And, and you can see the game changing and we end up doing more in lap dancing, which again, not an issue. However, the money stays the same. Like when I danced in 2002, the lap dances were twenty and forty dollars. Well, guess what? They're still twenty and forty dollars today. Twenty years later, <laughs> but you only get half of what you make in hot springs, <laughs> and they're taking more money on top of it. So if oh, if it's going $20 to twenty dollars for the lap dance, they take ten. Can you believe it? Right, I can Probably. believe it. I've lived that life. I, I want to do something about that, and I'm in a place where I'm the only one. Like, yeah, that's only, like yeah. that has the vocals, right? Is that what you're yeah. saying? Yeah. Good thing I'm kind of in the community and things. I, I feel like right now I'm just trying to find more information. I'm keeping my foot in to sort of protect them. You know what I mean? Like, because I care about it. Like, I care 
I grew up here and I know how, if I didn't get out, what kind of, what could have happened to me, you know, or, and I wouldn't have gone the route I've gone in life, like with all the art and the beauty I found in it, you know, like, yeah, it's like spirit crushing. And so I go in just my presence and the way I feel so much desire to be a performing artist. And I, now I make my own costumes. <laughs> so like I go in and just bring it up a notch and the, you know, people are like, man, since you've been in here, the girls are really amping up their game on stage and things like that. And I'm not doing it to be, I'm doing it to inspire, you know, like I yeah, want to inspire them so they can see that it actually can be an art, you know, or that it can be, yeah. it can be something that you choose to do of your own free will and not under the thumb of somebody else constantly, you know, art or not, they don't sound free to express themselves, no, whether it's being artistic or not. And yeah, they don't sound free to even make their own choices about how they do their work. It's so funny. I'll tell girls, veteran strippers that I know, I'll say, hey, they'll be like, I want to dance in Hot Springs, you know, because this actually would be a very money, it's a money-making town. It's got a racetrack here. There's all kinds of lakes that are just endless, you know. And yeah. so it's, got, it's very touristy. And, um, you know... And it's another thing too, this is kind of going off, but another thing is the people that grew up here have bad ideas about clubs because there are no good ones within reach. Like, right. So they only know the example that they're, that they see and they're not traveling and seeing more. Yeah. Even the people that live here like that aren't dancers. Like they have such a bad taste in their mouth just because of, I mean, the abuse is everywhere. Like you could just go in there and feel the grime, like, and the vibe, you know, and I'm not just talking about sexually or anything. I'm talking about like just the grime of the energy of how the girls feel like. Yeah. Horrible yeah. place and not having another option. You know, I would love to have a strip club. I'm, I'm uh, working on it. Maybe. What is stopping you? Money, <laughs> but I do have five acres. I was thinking about yeah. like getting a loan and putting that up too. So yeah, I, yeah. another thing stopping me is the information that I can't even find out about how to own one in this crazy town. So yeah, so you bring up a lot of excellent points. Like first of all, money grows on trees, Queen. So we will find you money. <laughs> and also, um, there are people that are gathering information. There are strippers that want to do something and want to fight back. So you're not the only one. But what I do like appreciate so much is like, you know, I know some other strippers in the middle of America and some other states right now fighting a very good fight, just like you. Yeah. Um, and there it's, it's, it's happening all across the country and quietly, um, in some cases, some cases it's loud. Um, but it's just fascinating to see what's happening in middle America. I just feel like there's so much more oh. work to be done. There. Well, you know why it, the treatment so much better in the West coast that nobody wants to stay here. Like I wouldn't have stayed stayed here if it wasn't for that other show I got involved with and the and then realizing and then buying a house randomly but I just felt like maybe this is where I'm meant to be to help yeah, more because you I are. used to do all kinds of little activist work you know and, and I'm like I kept coming back to the conclusion that this is the area that truly needs like there's a lot of alleys out there there's a lot of people like 
doing things. And yeah, sure, I want to be a part of it. And it sucks to be alone out here. But like, I mean, if, if I'm not going to do it after 23 years, who else is? Uh, right. the, the other girl's been doing it 15 years and they can't even move. Yeah. They're so sluggish and sad. It's. Well, it sounds like they have a lot to up against. It sounds like. Yeah. Angry man. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, what I wanted to say too is um, I'm going to burst your bubble. It's not that great in California. It's not <laughs> that great here. It yeah. is just as wrought with issues as what you're dealing with. The difference here is they have more money and it, it's um, easier to pretend on the surface. But what's happening underneath is seething with mm -hmm. abuse and extortion, coercion, wage theft, um, wow. you name it. So, and the reason I'm saying all of that is because um, a lot of strippers do want to like, oh, well, I'll go here. That's very normal for us. We're like, I don't fucking like this. I'm going to go here. We just adapt and move around. But what's happening right now is like, that's, we can't do that anymore. We have to stay and make it better where we are now because it's bad everywhere. Yeah, man, it's, uh, definitely is. And I actually did work in California, not very long ago and I was in Rancho Cordoba and I worked at Deja Vu and it was, yes, it was a bad situation. Yeah. Deja Vu is one of the worst offenders. The money booth. I've never even seen that in my life in all 23 years. I'm like, are you kidding me? Where you put your money in for the dance. And, yeah. <laughs> and then, which I have no problem with porn and stuff, but why play porn right above the stage? Like nobody's even looking at me. Like, why all around me, everywhere, just, <laughs> like, they're not even looking. The guys weren't even watching the show, you know? <laughs> wow. It's kind of weird, I don't know. <laughs> but it's also, it also is creating more blurred lines, right? Because they're watching porn, and the work that you're doing in the strip club isn't porn work. And, it's, and if you're not educating, which they don't do, they don't educate anybody there's not and when i say they i mean like from fucking birth dude none of us are educated about sex and then you're just blurring all these lines and putting porn up i just find that to be kind of dangerous you know is it but it still was safer than the south like there were still bouncers there was still like somebody there to protect you like there's no protection here and that's what's so scary i mean there's been girls raped in the club yeah um, one girl who danced as long as me that happened to her and you know so let me ask you this so what's that I mean I even at the end of me working kind of full-time here for a while long time um, and at the time I was transitioning to moving back here so that's why I stuck around so long but um, ah, forgot what I was gonna say I was on some tangent <laughs> That's okay. I'd like to ask you a question. I'd like to ask in, since you've traveled all these different clubs, do you see a pattern of abuse in different States and different clubs where you see like similarly things happening across the board over the last 20 years? Yes, 100%. And it kind of always has been that way. And I don't, that's just crazy. Well, tell us what yeah. you're saying. Um, 
a lot of, and, and this is no knock on men, but predominantly male ran clubs, um, men that are owners of clubs and are getting dances, like, <laughs> like a lot of that <laughs> while they're at work, you know, uh, and like, just like sexual abuse, um, talking nasty, telling you, I mean, I've gone through so much. I've danced in 11 states and 37 clubs. So, you know, I've had people say, oh, you need to slow down your dancing. And that one really made me mad because I'm my own artist. Like, you can't tell me how to dance. Um, you need to, you know, they tell you a lot of places like that you need to tone this back or not be who you are. And, oh, and, and the music, you know, everywhere is yeah. all admission. And it's like, you can't dance a rap. Well, what are you talking about? Like, mm-hmm. people can't do what they their inner spirit, you know, wants them to do up there. And mm-hmm. kind of oppressive. Yeah, like, yeah. and definitely they take a lot. Of, they rob, straight robbed, I mean, of my money, even in the house fees, even if it's, like, set up like that. I mean, yeah. I don't know what the solution to that is, really, money-wise. Like, what's the most fair you do rent their space to perform these dances. I mean, I do believe in that, but yeah, they I shouldn't mean, take half or a quarter of even what you make probably. Yeah. Well, they've modeled their business off of the dancers as the product, as opposed to what they did in the past where there were bars. Um, but then the morality police stepped in and put a stomp on that. And so what you really have to blame here for the reason that, clubs use dancers as the commodity is the government giving them very little options of how to make their money. So you can sell a $20 juice, but you can't sell beer and wine, even though you're adults here, you know? And so that took away an option for them to make revenue. And furthermore, they don't spend any money on advertising. So they could get more money at cover charge and they could get more money selling $20 bottles of water. But they don't advertise because they were were like, well, this is a commodity that keeps showing up. So why don't we charge them? Because they know that they're going to keep showing up. And then they can just continue to compound their business model off of using the dancers as the product, as the commodity. And every, all of them have done it. And so now we're in this situation where every single strip club relies on the worker to make money. The strip clubs rely on the worker to make money. It's the only fucking way that they stay open. Every single one of them. Telling you though, here they're taking, they're making so much money. They're charging twenty dollars for the door, um, ten dollars for ice. Um, wait, wait, like, wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. They charge ten dollars for not the girls, ice. Not the girls, yeah, the customers, because it's BYOB. So it's, you can't bring an ice chest full of ice. You, you, they supply the ice for you. So they're um, making money on ice. Uh, they're making money on a lot of things and oh, yeah. they're not only making money off the dances they're taking half of the stage proceeds your tips yep never heard of that in my life that's even here. more worse that's yeah. even more illegal <laughs> so i used to go to like memphis and dance in dallas and houston right and you know as i got i just got exhausted living that life like that was just too hard to drive so far away or even to live, and then I would go to like to Little Rock and work, and you make no money there. Like I couldn't survive off that. Um, Are they advertising to get customers in the door? 
I don't think so. Not very much. Like every time I work there, I make half of what I make here, even if with them taking my money, that's how big of a tourist and potential this town is to do things right. Cause they're still going to make a cut. <laughs> like They're still going to make a living. Those, you know, be able to run the club. If they had people in the door, but then are they, do they have an Instagram or a social media account? Oh no, not really. No, they have like social media that they're never on it. Like, so they do nothing to advertise to bring in customers for you because they know that you're no. going to walk in and you're going to tell your customers to come. So not only are you the product, but you're also free advertising for them. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. That's why I barely dance in this town. That's a shame. Somebody super loves it with all their heart and it's their legacy and can't even dance here because like yeah. I do just keep my foot in the door and see how people, what's going on and make my notes because I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to do something. And when I get alone, you know, I tell them what's illegal and things. That's you try to, to inform them, them of their legal rights. Yeah. And um, I tell them not to tell anybody, you know, because I got I got, I'm the only one. Like, how am I going to stay in if they find out of, like where my mind is, like the owners, you know what I mean? So I have yeah. to like be very confidential with them. I have classes for strippers here where only the strippers at the club can attend in both clubs. And, um, because I've been a stripper for 23 years, uh, they've let me have spaces there that nobody else really has. Like I'm able to teach a month long class once a week. And so I try to teach them all kinds of different helpful things, you know, like mm -hmm. things beyond just stripping, like right. what's fair for them. And even if it's not they're in the position where it is fair for them, I tell them how to do like dances without being, if you're getting grabbed in the wrong way, you know, and yeah. things to do and tips and things that would like take yeah. me years to learn. So I'm trying to do some things. I'm pretty alone. So, and you're, so not, you're not, Yeah, <laughs> I promise. Ah. Yeah, I hear you though. I hear a lot of these girls are really hardened, like beyond what I've ever seen anywhere, you know, like, yeah, they've been here for years. So I know it's like their career. So it it's not like they're hardened and then they leave, you know, no, they're hardened and they're staying. <laughs> Have you noticed, um, more or less discrimination over time as far as um women of color and like what types of clubs have you worked in and seen like what have you seen as far as like we're not hiring when the black girl shows up to work have you, have you noticed any There's of, that, ton of that, that it's horrible yes there's and especially in hot springs where they really i mean they just say the stuff out loud too um Yes, I've experienced that in a lot of places. I haven't in some places. Like Memphis is very awesome and open. It had in the past. I don't know what it's like now. Um, I hear their laws got weird there, but I felt like that place was open to a lot of different things um, and just a lot of like everybody, you know? It seemed more diverse. <laughs> yeah, so it seemed a little more open and for every type of person, you know? Here, they definitely have said all kinds of awful things. Like, there's a lot of racism here in all the clubs in Arkansas. Um, there definitely are some girls working there, but they try to keep it low. Yeah, yes, on that question. Just yeah. yeah. <laughs> all over the place. And yeah. it got worse. It's been getting worse. Like, 
like in this in these southern towns, like these nowhere towns. Yeah. But you know, the places that need help, like there may be one or two of us here, you know, <laughs> to try to do something and Yeah, you just you you just I wanna go like I wanna go like on a cross country trip in the middle of America and just go to those strip clubs that you just you you rolled by as a kid and you're like, What is that place? You know what I mean? Like I'm so curious about those ones on the side of the highway. That's you know. how I used to roll for many years. <laughs> what were those like? That that strip club that you see when you're like driving through middle America on the side of like a truck stop. What is that like in there? You know, um, I found by the state it was a little different. Um, like one was real weird in Billings, Montana. It was like the only club. And I wound up working at this little hole in the wall there. And that was interesting. There was a lot of really artistic, creative strippers. And, but everybody was mean. You just, it's just, you know, you're like the new girl every time when you travel like I did. I pretty much traveled nonstop into the last eight years. Um, and so, like, I would just, everyone's different. I, I've had some great experiences. The one in Humboldt's lovely like that, I would say, is, like, on the top of the list of all clubs I ever worked at due to the way it was ran and the girls and you know um yeah and so yeah so like some of them were good and some of them were bad um so you would consider the one in Humboldt kind of like one of those ones where it's like questionable from the outside it's very questionable it's the only strip club in Humboldt County <laughs> okay. and it's kind of shady over there and this really neat guy used to own it, um, a really creative guy. And then he sold it to a stripper and she ran it. I mean, I don't know what it's like now. I haven't been there for so long, but, um, I, you know, just, I think the only thing that was so good about it, honestly, is that a female stripper owned it. And that just, just lights my world up because that's, that's like, not that's only good actually. Yeah. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It, it just depends, you know, on, on their own values. And, um, you know, I personally have seen strippers that value the system that we're in and are like pro what the managers and owners are choosing, um, and would replicate that, uh, that, that does exist, you know, so you never know. Yeah. Yeah. So, <clears throat> That's pretty crazy. I can't imagine doing that. <laughs> like if I, I would totally, I was telling my friend, I want trans strippers. I want everybody here. Like screw the norm. Let's just fucking get it going in hot springs. Like yeah, <laughs> let's just get it cracking right here. And I let me own a place. I don't know how, but I'm going to, I'm working on it. You know, I do got property. I got some like ways I probably could make it happen if I found a space and understood the laws better. Cause that's yeah. where the problem is why did these two men own all this, all of it, both strip clubs and the massage place, you know, the, mm. you know, dolphins. <laughs> yeah. So you're, how are they pretty, able to do this? You're pretty radical for where you live. Do you have yeah. friends and, and supporters who are like-minded with you? Yeah. The foul play. Yeah. My girls, the burlesque troops here are wonderful. Um, None of them have been dancers, but, um, like strippers that way. Um, so yeah, but I do have a big support group in that way and 
people to help me with things, you know? Um, yeah. So I think I've got like some ways of getting more information out there. Um, I have to give up being in the place. Like I don't rely on it for money, but once they find out that I'm out to get them in that way, like it's going to be over for me as far as being in with the dancers. And that's what kind of like another step that I'm waiting to take. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. I know what you mean because like some people are like with me since my accident, it's like, oh, you know, when you get your leg, you can probably dance again. And I'm like, there's no way in hell, first of all, that I want to dance in any of these clubs because they're horrible. But if they just look at like a few things on my Instagram account, like, because that's what they do here. They check your, they check your Instagram account when you get hired at new places here. And um, if they check my Instagram account, there's no way I would get hired anywhere. Cause I'm like down with all the strip club owners, industry reform. I said, I'm willing to take that risk, I guess, but uh, it it enabled me to be in there and see what's going on and document things. And um, I'm glad you did that. Like be in there and tell the girls, Hey, that's illegal. What just happened? And they're like, really? They're like so young. Some of them, they're, they're like not the kind of young I was. Some of them, like I, when I was 18, I started traveling, you know, so I got a world. Yeah. Stay in here for years. And this is like really kind of. Yeah. It's yeah. They're, they're, um, sheltered in this bubble. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to tell you what though, even some very intelligent worldly people, even they don't know some of their rights because, um, we're kept in the dark about a lot of things and it's just, it's not really sexy to like find out about your legal rights. And so it's kind of, just ignored until something happens to you and then you need to know, you know, and that, that's a pretty typical pattern. And it sounds like with them, they're just kind of conditioned to that way of life and they need somebody like you to be like, there is another way. But once I get kicked out of those places for starting to do some kind of move, which I I'm open, please somebody let me know what I can do because I'm kind of like, I got all this information. I'm writing things down and taking pictures I just don't know what route to do to truly help everybody other than own my own club. But besides that, what I can do now, like I'm trying to figure things out and I'm more of an artist. So this isn't, <laughs> this is hard for me, you know? Yeah. Be, I know like, exactly what you can do now. Um, and uh, that's like a different call that we'll have. Okay. But I, okay. I, I want to say this on air because I want everyone hearing this to know that there is something you can do. There's exactly something you keep saying. I'm not, I feel so alone. I feel so alone. You're not alone. There are organizations built to help people like you. And one of them is called soldiers of pole and that they will help you. And I'm, I'm saying this to anybody who feels isolated alone and fighting against the man, um, and feeling defeated that there are and if it's and and there's the PDX stripper stripe, there, there's also them that you can find inspiration in. Um, you know, there, there's other organizations and people taking action, and so there are things that you can do to change the situation that you're in now. The best I've thing mentioned to- a strike to these girls, and um, it, they just can't even like it. Just was like laughed at, sort of like they yeah, don't. it's it's gonna take time. You know, yeah, I don't, yeah. It's just going to take time. And what really needs to happen is action on these more progressive states needs to start to happen first. And then it will eventually like seep into the the center. And then there's like people like me who won't yeah. ever stop. I won't ever stop. I won't either. I'll like, I'm 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 like, I'm
I don't see the end of the road anywhere ever. Like this is going to be me at 90 here. And maybe I'll be further than this. I'll be, (laughs) you will die fighting this fight. Just like me. I'm I'm with you guys. Yes. And that's why I wanted to talk about it, you know? Like, yeah, I can yes. talk about my beautiful experience stripping all over the country and all the different travels, but I honestly, this is more what the questions I kind of have and how I, like, it's very important to me to understand it all more. And I don't have, like, the information because in the South here, it's very impossible to find out. You can't type it in in any kind of word or frame or call the city. They say they're going to call you back, and they never do. It's just like lost information. Like I just don't like it's hard. it makes you feel like you just don't know where to start legally or whatever. And then you, what what would you do if you went that route? You know, but that's just good. Step at time. Time. Yeah. And just honestly, also just like one step at a time and whatever you can do when you can do it, you know, because it's a lot. And this is again for everybody. It's a lot like we're already dealing with so much uncertainty in life on a daily basis. I mean, if you're listening to this a year from now, I mean, this is 2020 in the middle of coronavirus era. So we're already dealing with so much fucking bullshit as it is. And then you want to pile on top of it, everything else. Like, it's just like, do what you can as you can. Yep. It needs to stop all that. (laughs) It needs to stop all this like awful treatment mm-hmm. in the club. Like, yeah. But you're doing the right playing. thing by talking about it. And I think that's the first step is we really need to tell each other stories. And I think that's why it's so important that someone like you who've had this career, you can say like, listen, I, I saw, I've seen it get worse. I've seen it get worse. I've, I've danced five years less than you and I've seen it progressively get worse over 18 years. Yeah. The treatment's really bad and it, and it got worse and worse. Um, as far as the club more goes, the men have always been the same. The customers, they're always coming at you, you know. <laughs> uh, but, like, the way that they started using us as, like, all their whole means to, like, run a business, like, and then they're taking everything you make, like. Exactly. They don't fix anything. Everything's so trashy everywhere. Like. You can't fix the pole. It's moving. Girl got on the pole the other day and it's moving like this. And she's like, fix the pole while she's on stage. Some of the best clubs I've seen at it. Oh, this is the yeah. best club there oh. is. I've seen that there mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Like actually in Rancho Cordoba, uh, deja vu recently. Mm-hmm. Um, the doors were all busted. The couches had a whole, are you kidding me? Like you guys got this million I don't know how much it is but expensive Mm -hmm. club and you're gonna let it go to crap it's like it's almost like to keep us filling down it's like some kind of weird I don't know sometimes I think it's a weird ploy business ploy yeah like I don't know I think you and I could talk for hours about our disappointment in management and owners (laughs) of this industry who are ruining the industry for us Um, And it's up to people like you and me and and other listeners out there to take matters into your own hands. And um, if we continue to let these people run this business, um, they will eventually completely ruin it for all of us. So it's time to take control back. Um, They're close because like I said, oh, this is what I was saying earlier where I lost my thought. I get these girls that are dancers as long as me worked everywhere. 
I, I say, listen, it's the worst. You tr I mean, you can stay with me and work over there, but it's the worst of the worst. They leave, every single one of them leave in the middle of their shift. I mean, they can't even. <laughs> yeah, because they see Nobody how bad it is. Yeah. yeah. Anybody yeah. who's been around is like, whoa, whoa. Oh, what's going on here? Yeah. Hence why I cannot step foot inside of a strip club again until it's completely reformed as a stripper. Okay. I can't. Yeah. I can't dance as a stripper in a strip club anymore that's run by a man that's not listening. <laughs> I can't. You think that's the best uh, route to go? Like, because sometimes I feel being in there and being like, hey, that's illegal. Hey, that's, I don't, I just, that's kind of why I'm even there. It's not even financially anymore. I get it. And that, that needs to happen as well. So keep yeah. doing that. And let's have another phone call after this recording. Okay, yeah, cool. <laughs> Want to be fabulous just like these strippers? Pay attention. It's Stripper Tips. For traveling strippers, a good way. Okay, so like you'll travel yeah. and, you know, you don't have a locker because all the girls that have been there for a while have a locker. So one of the cool things that I found on my own was to get like a duffel bag that locks and then a little like inconspicuous chain and lock that up too. That's a cute little thing you can do to travel. And it helped me out. Once I figured that out, I was like, how didn't I think about this my whole life? <laughs> right. Because you're traveling with cash on you, right? And so yeah. you keep it locked up in the backpack, like between places and shit. Yeah. I've had things stolen, like my stripper costumes, um, you know, my money in the past, just different things. And you just don't know everybody at first. And you don't usually get a locker right away, like especially in little clubs, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so that's a way, that's a way to, um, keep your stuff safe and not have to worry about. That's just a little, real little tip I thought really oh, helped yeah. me. That's awesome. Thank you. Get ready for our rapid fire question round. It's time for four for one. Question one. Have you ever walked out on a date before? No, actually, no. Have you ever... Sorry, have you ever wanted to walk out on a date before? Uh, no. <laughs> I That's don't know. Cool. I don't really get around. I don't date like that. I, I get with people I already know I like. That's awesome. Lucky you. I have walked out on a date and have wanted to. Um, if you had people like me and then I didn't like them later on, like years later, you know, but. <laughs> you sound like a nice, normal person, basically. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Next question. If you had control over where your butthole was placed on your body, where would you put it? Ooh, probably on my foot. Just get it out, like, down there already, down by the ground. <laughs> That's, I, I was going to say my elbow for some reason. Okay, uh, well, it's interesting. I'll think about that, like, you know, harder about Oh, it's that. your answer. It's your answer. Okay, ready? <laughs> What's the message you send to start up a sexting session? Ooh. Well, I'd probably be like, hey, I've been thinking about you. I don't know. I'm bad at this. I've been thinking about you, baby. Uh, what you wearing? I'm like, <laughs> not a sister. I'm not. God, I'm you're like, so bad at this. Okay. <laughs> Last one. Have you ever peed yourself at your own front door because the moment you put the key into the lock, you could no longer hold it? Um, I did when I was like a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> See, the older I get, the harder that gets. Like, yes, I definitely peed myself a little bit the other day when I turned the shower water on. 
I also cough and will like have a little pee sometimes. Not like it's not like gushing, but it's like, whoa, that never used to happen. Isn't yeah, that weird? yeah. I don't like Getting it. all this fun. <laughs> I don't like it. Starsha, how can we learn about you and follow you and be your friend? Well, you can follow me on Instagram at Jezebel Jacks, J-E-Z-A-B-E-L-L-E-J-A-X-X, only because they wouldn't let me have another X. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and um, you can follow me on our Foul Play Cabaret website for upcoming show dates. And um, we're not doing them right now, obviously, because of COVID, but um, all our show dates are there and it will link you into all my other little links. Basically, that's it. That's my um, big to do. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story and giving us insight on your experiences. It's so valuable. And I hope that people take it seriously and that you've inspired others to maybe step up and do something as well. I'd do something. I can't sit here after 23 years and just be okay with this anymore. Like, it's. I hear that. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you for all of our listeners for tuning in. Uh, make sure you tune in every Wednesday. Bye. We're now accepting four for one submissions from our listeners. You can send them in via Instagram at yes, a stripper podcast or on Twitter at yes, a stripper pod. Make sure to follow all the things and email any questions or concerns to yes, a stripper podcast at gmail.com. Tune in every Wednesday. See you soon.